Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hello, welcome to this month's edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts and our final episode for the year. Um, I thank you for being here with us every month while we recorded a podcast with someone new and interesting all around the globe. Um, I certainly had a good time um, meeting all these people and just hearing a little bit about um, their backgrounds and how they got to be in this sphere that we're all in together. Um, So I've really had a great time and I do this because I know a lot of you enjoy listening to the show. So I hope you've gotten as much out of it as I have. And today uh, we are finishing off with a really interesting guest. His name is Tyg McManus. He is the captain of a a 250-foot expedition yacht at the moment called Legend. Um, Really interesting journey that has brought him to where he is today. Uh, Lots of background in research vessels and working in really remote corners of the globe and just working his way up um, from a life at sea, really. So I hope you enjoy this chat with Tyg. Uh, We go a lot of detail about off the beaten track, so if that's something that you're looking for inspiration on or just want to live vicariously through someone at the moment. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and hearing from Tyg. I also make sure to hyperlink his Instagram page so where you can follow along on his journey and see some really fantastic experiences um, through his photographs that he posts. So thank you to Tyg for your time. I hope you enjoy this episode as we round out the year again. Uh, if you don't already subscribe, I ask you to, it's really quick and it's free and we just love to see where all of you are tuning in from. So I thank you again for spending your time with us uh, this year and we look forward to hearing again from new guests in 2023. Without further ado, here is Ty. Hello, today I'm here with uh, Ty McManus. He's uh, currently a captain of an Explorer yacht, but you've taken a sort of life at sea um, from your background that you shared a little bit about with me. Um, can you let our listeners know, Ty, like how you kind of worked your way up on boats and how you got to be in this, you know, incredible um, captain role that you're on at the moment? Yeah. Uh, first off, thanks very much for taking the time to for the call. Uh, I started off working on kind of dive support and construction vessels in Australia in 2005 when I took a bit of time, uh, like essentially a gap year from university. And yeah, I wound up going to a maritime trade school in northern Queensland uh, to get a license that I never wound up using. But, you know, I got a piece of paper in the pocket is always uh, cool to spend time in thing. Australia. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was a fantastic time. It was very uh, it, it, it was my first time traveling overseas and especially to my first time working on any sort of like commercial platform. And I had like a lovely host of great mentors that uh, really helped me kind of like find my feet on board. Ships, and then I, towards the end of uh, studying in university in Canada, I joined the Canadian Coast Guard's Intro Rescue Boat Program, which is set up uh, for rapid response stations around the Canadian coast. Uh, the primary tasking of that is to deal with a combination of search and rescue operations and uh, environmental response. So uh, myself and a small team were based in uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. And yeah, we would go out and help fishermen and yachtsmen and stuff like that. And uh, I did that for a few years and wanting to kind of expand my uh, my appetites to actually going overseas I went to over to a, a school in the UK to do like the kind of the basic uh, STCW training 
programs with the hope of getting on board an expedition vessel. And uh, somewhere in the, um, you know, the, you know, the, the casting of the die, I wound up working on a couple of super yachts for about, about four or five years, um, working my way up through the officer's role from, from deck hand up. Uh, so very much doing general maintenance tasks on board the ship, you know, dealing with uh, the wear and tear that salt water will do on just about any, any surface. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I wound up qualifying with my tickets, um, started holding a navigational watch. And then I got an opportunity to leave yawning and then go into oceanographic research for a company called the Schmidt Ocean Institute. It's a privately funded nonprofit that uh, provides a platform for scientists and researchers around the world to be able to go off and study anything from ocean acidification through to plastic distribution in the sea to diving on subsea volcanoes. And I kind of reset my career again, leaving yachting as an officer, starting as an AB and then working my way back up through the system. And over that eight, nine year period, uh, I would take time away from being at sea to go to a maritime college in the UK and do my qualifications for uh, an unlimited officer the watch and then a chief officer and then on to my master's. And yeah, it was a, a very uh, formative period in life. I met incredible people, uh, experts that are gifted in their their subject matter and yeah, it irrevocably changed the way that I look at the world's oceans and we got to operate in some very remote areas and yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Wow. Then that's a lot to yeah. unpack. That's a very cool resume yeah, <laughs> for not know, a I'm, very I'm, I'm, old guy, you know, <laughs> You're not... yeah, I, I'm, I'm incredibly privileged yeah. to have had uh, the opportunities that I've had over the past 15 years. It's a, uh, a lot of people have been incredibly generous with their time in order to be able to get me through those different stages. And, uh, amazing. And it kind of set you up, you know, you, you had the experience in luxury yachting, you kind of left and did some incredible work with the Schmidt ocean Institute. And then now you're kind of bringing the two together. I imagine a little bit working on a, you know, 250 foot plus explorer vessel going into really far reaches of the globe. Yeah, yeah, it's a it certainly has given me the confidence to be able to operate in remote areas because the one of the one of the challenges of providing a platform for people to be able to springboard springboard off and and see these incredibly remote areas is the fact that if there are there's a lot of logistical challenges in in just trying to get to those areas but two you are very much your own EMS or your own fire department. You are, you're taking everything with you on that voyage and um, seeing the scarcity of spares or, you know, the, the kind of the niggledy challenges that kind of pop up in the, those remote areas. It's, it set me up uh, very well to have that kind of underpinning base knowledge before going in and, and operating in, in remote areas. Yeah. I imagine you have to have a whole new level of, confidence that's not kind of the cv you want to overindulge <laughs> you know i can do this stuff and then actually being put to the test in the middle of nowhere um you need to have the backing for that <laughs> yeah and and really at the end of the day like it, it's it's not down to myself it's mm-hmm. i rely very heavily on the experiences of the team that i have around me and in fact i 
the, the majority of good ideas usually come from them. There are more of them and they're closer to the problem than I am. And it's a, a case of just providing a platform for them to be able to, you know, have agency to, to solve those challenges as they come up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you, so you've been with Legend, the office. With them. I just did three months on board. So that was my, my, I, I joined in, uh, I joined in Svelbard in, uh, up in the Arctic. And then I took the ship down to the Mediterranean and then down to the West coast of Africa. So it's a, uh, yeah. And then I will rejoin in, um, down in, uh, the staging area that we use down in the Falklands. So that's, uh, it's it's a good stepping point to be able to then get down uh, to the operational areas in Antarctica. Okay, so is that a region that's new to you, or have you covered that? With yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that will be a uh, that'll be very uh, a first for myself down there. The the Arctic time or the polar time that I've had is being up in the Arctic rather than down in Antarctica. So I'm very excited to operate down there. Okay, cool. So you've got it's. It's always so interesting, too, when you speak to someone like yourself, you know, who's done a lot of travel, especially working on a yacht, you cover a lot of ground and you've got also your research background um, to have still a bucket list, you know, because everyone assumes, oh, you've probably done it and seen it all. I'm sure you talk to friends and they just think you've, you know, you're done, you know, you've seen everything. Meanwhile, it makes you want to see more and go back to places. (laughs) Entirely, entirely. It's a, uh, the, if you take the landmass of the earth, uh, put it all together. It's still not the size of the Pacific. And, you know, there is yeah. so much of the ocean to be able to go out and explore or moreover too, like where the ocean actually meets the sea. So. You know, speaking about all these corners that you've kind of stretched to and, and where you plan to go, what, and I feel like you more than anyone I've asked this question to would have a lot. <laughs> Do you have like really incredible moments that you know you've been in them and you've thought wow I just I can't believe how lucky I am to experience this or you know certainly being on a boat you get to those corners that you just can't reach by land do you have any that really stick out in your mind that you could share with our listeners that just want to like taste of your life (laughs) yeah um I would say um a, a couple of instances working in oceanographic research looking at deep sea thermal vents like spires coming up out of the uh, the bottom of the ocean at like three thousand yeah three thousand sorry three thousand meters down, right. and looking at the the diversity of sea life that exists around an area where no sunlight can penetrate to, and yeah. you have these entire ecosystems that live off of um, the heavy metals that come out of the chimneys at the bottom of the sea like that that to me was was very uh that that had awe to it where right. life exists where it should not exist yeah. and nobody sees and, that right like you're and one nobody of a sees select that. few yeah yeah and um i'd say from 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 a surface standpoint um operating in the south china seas like off the coast of vietnam uh we we did a project looking at plankton blooms uh in 2016 2017 and being in water that was so flat calm it was like a skating rink at the you know at the end of the earth like you could pick up a fishing buoy um on radar like it was that flat and uh that was that was that was quite spectacular to see like the the 
Um, Almost an anomaly. And then, like your brain doesn't yeah, compute it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then as far as like um, uh, destinations, uh, there I've been, again, very privileged to see some pretty incredible spots. My, my passion for history, like, you know, the opportunity to be able to go into old world ports or, you know, a, a destination where Shackleton or, you know, Cook or, yeah. you know, an, an explorer of, of, of a, a bygone age is being able to go into it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, following in the footsteps of giants, but I'm getting an opportunity to be able to go and see these places in real time. Right. And um, yeah, yeah. I'd, as far as cruising areas are concerned, probably the biggest wow factors that I've had is I've got to be the fjords in Norway and then up in Svalbard in uh, Spitsbergen. Uh, like you're very much in the final frontier up in Spitsbergen. It's just such a remote area to operate out of. And uh, yeah, seeing like the roar borealis on the way down from that was was quite breathtaking yeah yeah i imagine and quite extremes too right like you're going from that way up north or i know you had mentioned to me previously like you know pushing up against ice you know when you're way up in the arctic and then going to the great barrier reef and seeing something uncharted there like it's these two extremes that you can really have the best of both you know you don't have to choose warm cold <laughs> what yes. kind of thing you're into yeah Yes, it's a uh, again. It's uh, incredibly fortunate to have been able to operate in a diverse series of of areas. It's a a lot of the time that I've spent in oceanographic research is being predominantly in the tropics of the Pacific. But in my current uh, role, uh, we sp we operate predominantly out of the polar regions because the vessel in itself was a, a Soviet era icebreaker in a in a oh. in another life. Right. So okay. it's yeah. uh, it, it does have the tank armor up forward, which is quite uh, comforting for a person such as myself. Yeah, definitely can come in handy for sure. <laughs> you know, you're covered no matter what. Yes, yes. Yeah. And do you, I know you've kind of mentioned a few of your favorite spots. Um, and some of these are very, you know, off the map for a lot of people, but especially during the um, pandemic, which thankfully we can stop saying at the beginning of this recording, you know, things may have changed with travel. <laughs> things seem yes. to have opened up finally, but um, more people than ever are coming to us, like wanting really unique experiences and off the beaten path that, you know, they're not happy anymore to use that pent up travel to do the same old. So I know you have been to a lot of those kind of remote corners. Do you have a favorite destination that you could share with people? I think, you know, and we touched on this before, quite a few were off the beaten track, which is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would uh, I would highly recommend people go to the west coast of the South Island of New Zealand, uh, especially too if they're doing it by sea, the the fjords that you can sail into in in that part of the world is is quite breathtaking. The you have these cascading waterfalls come down because of the amount of heavy rain that you can drive. Uh, you can drive a ship directly underneath the waterfall and essentially rinse off the bow of the ship. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is a it, the the heaviness of that fresh water is quite incredible, and the depth of it too, because it is a fjord. You've got ninety, a hundred feet beneath your keel, and it's just a sheer face of a cliff in front of you, mm -hmm. and that's that's quite spectacular. Wow. Yeah. I imagine you feel very small in context of the world around you, you know, like one of those moments that really makes you feel 
wow. <laughs> Takes your breath away. It does. Uh, like DC in the Pacific, where you realize that you're so far away from home that if you go any further, you're actually going back. It's, right. it is, it makes you feel quite small, but also too very connected to the people that you're around because you're sharing that journey uh, with the, the team that you're with. Um, yes. You know, moving doggedly from A to D through B and C. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, a team really makes it. I know, you know, equally, if you're chartering a yacht at the crew, it really comes down to the crew. You know, it's they make that experience for people. So I can imagine behind the scenes, too, you need a well-oiled machine kind of thing to to make sure you're delivering on that. But also, you know, surviving the downtime when you are doing a lot of A to B travel and there's not much else to see or do. Exactly, exactly. It's a... Uh... When when in operational mode, um, you know, the very much the focus is on first and foremost the safety of uh, the guests on board the ship. But secondly, to that is also to like you know ensuring that they're having a boutique experience in uh, in very remote areas. And yeah, it's it's the the focal point of that is are those two those yeah those two ever changing dynamics. But when not uh, when when we don't have uh, charter guests on board, yeah, you're 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 uh, trying to find ways to, especially to on long crossings, to make it lighthearted and you know do a bit of training, ensure that people are keeping on top of their their tasks, but also to finding ways to be able to build connectivity amongst the different departments on board and and try and you know allow the the mileage to click behind you in the wake uh to get you to that next destination right yeah amazing i'm sure it's um well a lot of highs but it's a lot of hard work too which is why we always love it when you know we can speak to somebody who's been on board and knows the inner workings it looks like you're just having a good old time <laughs> i'm sure yes, again i'm sure yeah. you get a lot of grief you know poking fun from family and friends but uh there's a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of long days it's a uh, the ships themselves. Uh, you know, it, it is a labor of love to keep it aesthetically pleasing, but also to it just it takes an incredible amount of labor to mm -hmm. ensure that it is maintaining its compliance with all of the safety regulatory aspects that go behind it. Right. So it's uh, it is you know everybody needs to be very vigilant uh, in the changing state of the ship. You know, as as it goes from. Uh, operational area to operational area because you know going from a, a very cold climate to a very hot climate changes the ship in itself like everything expands and contracts as you change mm -hmm. these areas and um you know that that does have when i say stress on board the ship it it, it changes the way in which we engage with the the sea as we transit from one place to the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny. You don't actually think about it. You just kind of think of getting there to your journey and whatever it is, you know, wh which point you're going from and to, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It can be kind of mind boggling too. I imagine like for you guys, you know, you, you go to bed in one place and within a week or two, you're in a completely different climate and experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you, you change the time zones every couple of days. Yeah. If you're going from East to West or West to East, but uh, yeah, you, you very much notice it. Like one day you'll just, you know, be wearing your your polar gear, and the next you're like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm, I need to start wearing shorts again. Yeah. These are not easy to pack away, but yeah, they were definitely yes. needed when we needed them. Yeah. So you've just started um, your new stint with this boat, and you 
obviously have a lot of dreams and goals that you'd like to do. Do you know where you want to see yourself in five years or do you more so live more like, okay, I've got this contract. It's really great. I'm going to live in this moment. Or are you kind of the planner that you think, okay, you know, in five years, this is what I'd like to see for myself. A combination of both, like not to either dwell on the past or be, you know, overly consumed with the future. Like I very much try and enjoy uh, the experiences as they unfold, but at the same time too, like I like to have measurable goals uh, to be able to look to the future and say like, hey, you know, I need to be able to uh, develop these skill sets in order to be able to achieve them. And uh, from my standpoint, in five years, I hope that I continue to develop as a manager and a leader of the, the teams that I'm responsible for and find ways to be able to provide for them uh, an experience in which they can continue to develop their own careers and develop skill sets that allow them to progressively move on and, and run their own departments or run their own ships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is the, that is where I'd like to be in five years is be more effective in being able to provide that for my teams. Okay, great. I like that answer. It's not just a, I want to see 50 more countries. <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit of something for everyone. And also those, that mentality sets you up for other opportunities, right? Like you could be living that goal and then something new arises. You never even you know, made space for, and then it's an opportunity you have to jump on. I'm sure that's how you kind of have moved up from all these different positions and places in the world you've been based. It's also having that sort of mentality behind you. Yeah, it's a, uh, and again, as I was saying before, and I've been incredibly fortunate uh, with the way that my career has turned out, but um, yeah, never losing sight of the fact that I, I'm there to provide a service uh, both for uh, the teams that I'm responsible for and accountable to, but also to, to the people who decide to use the vessel and, and come out and, and, uh, take our services on board. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's every day out there is a school day. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've never gone to sleep in my bunk thinking like, oh, like today was, I, I didn't take something away from that. And there, it's a continuous stream of, human engagement interaction learning how to communicate more effectively and and uh yeah developing both in seafaring skill sets and in managerial skill sets and it's a uh, i i am i thoroughly enjoy it because it, every day is different and the challenges that arise for the departments on board i get an opportunity to help empower them to solve some of their own challenges mm. and you know it's to try and enable uh teams to you know either have the resources training and time to be able to find uh solutions for those so yeah i'm 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 very uh, like i'm i'm very excited to see where these next five years will take me but at the same time too i'll i'll enjoy each uh each voyage as they come yeah literally and i will be i know it will be hard work i'm not making light of that but also incredible what you'll see you know in those five years it's kind of one of those things which you're absolutely right it's nice to have a goal or something a check-in point you know so you can actually look back or pause and see, you know, if you're kind of heading in the right direction that you want to be and whatnot, but, uh, it, it sounds exciting. And if, if you can share, you know, if you have a website or an Instagram handle, people can share and follow along. That would be amazing. 
Yeah. Uh, as far as social media is concerned, uh, I've got a an Instagram page called The Wayward Seafarer. That's post photograph of some of the journeys that have been on. There's a fairly heavy amount of dog content on there for the uh, elderly golden retriever that my family has. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, I, I try and uh, uh, both describe the, uh, I said the, the unique aspects of being in these remote areas uh, and try and capture that via photographs whenever I can. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about your journey with us. And I'll make sure to hyperlink your page and everything so people can check you out. But I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Rebecca, thank you very much as well. And uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, uh, absolute pleasure on my part. Thanks for tuning in to see the world differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.